right? So then when he comes and gets it, it's not stealing because they've already abandoned it. Right. He doesn't get all of the logic right because he has to get his associates, Corey and Trevor, to do the dragging, but the rest of the logic is there. <laughs> we should probably take this point to mention that this is legal advice and you absolutely should do that <laughs> as a scheme. <laughs> Welcome to What's Law Got to Do With It, a lighthearted look at life in law school. I'm Professor Richard Haig. And I'm 3L Law student Felicity Rodan. Felicity, how are things today? Not bad. Just uh, another day stuck at home. <laughs> another day stuck at home because we are still in, in remote mode. I don't know when that's going to change. We, you, Your entire career as a co-host of this podcast may be <laughs> that we never do it together, which would be unfortunate, but... We'll have to bubble up. It looks like uh, we're going to be online for the year. So. Yeah, I know. Well, and we're going to get to our get to our guest about that as well, partly. Um, so, Felicity, I always have to ask you a question that you don't know what I'm going to ask you. So, what's your highlight of the week so far? Oh, okay. My highlight of the week is that I was uh, off visiting my brother for a little bit. Um, that's where I recorded our last couple podcasts. And so when I came back, my parents brought my dog back. <laughs> so I have my dog again. Oh, the so the highlight was getting your dog back, not yes. visiting your brother. I thought it was going to be visiting your brother. No, he got old <laughs> after, you know, the first couple years oh. of my life. And now it's the dog that's very exciting. Oh, well, that's a good, the dog appreciates that as a highlight, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. So, uh Enough of that. We have to introduce our guest. So we have a, a guest, as always, and I'm very pleased to introduce our guest, who's one of my colleagues. I, I, it's always rare to have a colleague, so I have too many students on this show, but anyway. <laughs> so Karen Drake, welcome. Thank you. Hi, Richard. Hi, Felicity. Uh, tell, us, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Karen. Uh, so I'm a faculty member at Osgood. I joined in 2017. Before that, I was a founding faculty member at Lakehead University's new law school, the Boralaskan Faculty of Law. And as of July 1st of this year, I'm in the role of Associate Dean for Students. So let me ask, are, do you know if other law schools have such a, an Associate Dean like, like yourself? Is it a common yeah. role? That's a great question. Not all of them do. Um, so for instance, Lakehead being a brand new law school has zero associate deans. They just have the dean who does all of the deaning at their school. Um, and then other schools I think have, um, you know, there's the, the typical associate dean academic that we have as well. And they might have associate, and, and some do have associate deans for students or they might call them associate deans for teaching and learning. Um, so yeah, different setups. Okay. I got ahead of myself. I should have asked that later because the question, <laughs> you know, this is, it's a free flowing podcast, as you <laughs> know, those of you that listen. Anyway, uh, yeah. So you first have to tell us a, a favorite TV or film that relates to law and then we'll get back to the deaning issue. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So I've given this a ton of consideration because I knew this question was coming because I'm a huge fan of this podcast and um I'm just so super thrilled to be invited to be on it because of that. Um, but getting back to the question. So, I, well, I had to give it a lot of consideration because I don't like law 
TV shows or uh-huh. law movies. I, I actively dislike them. <laughs> um, I'm not sure why, because I, I love the law, um, but I don't like TV, TV shows or movies about them. I think partially because they're never accurate. They're never right. realistic. And so they just, they're, they're, not, they're not really about the law. Right, they're they're not actually they're en- above the law. They're just entertainment, is what. Yeah, <laughs> and and I think also partially because the law is my job, and so when I watch TV or movies, I just don't feel like more of it, even though it's it, it's not even actually about the law. It's about some weird shadow replica of what some people think the law is like. Um, but anyways, I did finally come up with one. So my pick is Trailer Park Boys. I knew it. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be that or Downton Abbey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, Trail Park Boys is one of my go-tos for when I teach property law. So, and Felicity, you were in my property law course in 2018, so you know that you know about that already. Um, and, and so, I, I, th- I feel like I need to give a little bit of explanation because people might assume that Trail Park Boys is not about law, but of course it is. So Trailer Park Boys is like the counterpart to Cops, right? So Cops is this, um, I guess, like documentary style show from the Cops perspective. Yeah. And Trailer Park Boys is, it's, it's a mockumentary. It's not actually a documentary. It's a mockumentary, but from the perspective, not of the cops, but from the accused, right? So, so in that way, it is very much about law. And then I also like to find ways that it's about property law as well. Well, I was about that. First of all, I was going to say that is the most thorough answer we've ever had from anyone. <laughs> and but I do understand. I you know the 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 reluctance to enjoy law shows because you're right. There's so many problems with them. Um, but I will confess, I do. You know, I, I I will watch a movie or two that relates to law. But I was going to say now, how does Trailer Park Boys? relate to property law without getting into your entire syllabus <laughs> maybe you could just or you know i should ask felicity since she was your student and she should know yeah. how it relates to this is so much pressure no. now no. we'll see how much i actually <laughs> learned in property law <laughs> this is so much pressure um no but we use it as a ton of lots of uh something professor drake is very very fun at in class is finding um ways that sort of like legal concepts that you think of in real life um or in TV shows actually are true or aren't true um, in the study of property law. So uh, like finders keepers and the concept of adverse possession and all of that. So uh, I can't, oh, one of the examples was when one of the trailer park boys puts out their garbage, um, whether or not they still have possession of that garbage. Hello, it's Terry checking the uh, road for safety. All right, Jeff, it's clear. Basically, here's how it works. I mean, there's sometimes people throw good stuff, but most times they don't. So if we see some nice stuff up on someone's lawn, Trevor goes up, he grabs the stuff, and basically he's doing them a favor. He's throwing it out for them, putting it to the curb. That's putting out their garbage. It's not stealing. He can't get charged for that. He's not taking it. He's just taking it from there and bringing it down to the curb. Um, and I do remember it also came up in um, our, our property law exam um, back pattern. It was like they had a cat hotel or something that they were trying to start on the lot. It was wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, exactly. That, that was perfect. <laughs> you remembered all the examples. That's A plus. Well yeah. done. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Felicity hates being put on the spot, but actually she likes it, I think. It's, a, it's one of those love-hate things. So I'm I, warming up to it for are, sure. <laughs> there, there's a, isn't there a real case about garbage and whose property it is? Is that what... 
it's not was it based on that here's yeah, me exactly. i don't know anything yeah, yeah. so oh, okay. um, and the thing is i have to give credit it was one of my students who brought this i think in our 2018 course who brought this example up from Chiller park boys right um I don't remember in that much detail i have to be honest i've, I've blocked a little bit of 1l out of my brain <laughs> okay but yeah so there's an actual case about putting your garbage out and does that constitute abandonment so you are abandoning your possession of this personal property and then in an episode of trailer park boys we have ricky who's got this scheme where he gets Corey and trevor to go and drag people's barbecues or lawn furniture to the curb and so when they put it by the curb, they're putting it out for garbage. So then they've abandoned it, right? So then when he comes and gets it, it's not stealing because they've already abandoned it. Right. He doesn't get all of the logic right because he <laughs> has to get his associates, Corey and Trevor, to do the dragging. But the rest of the logic is there. <laughs> we should probably take this point to mention that this is legal advice and you absolutely should do that <laughs> as a scheme. Make, make money real quick. <laughs> It's you another should trust Ricky. He knows what he's doing. Or at least Professor Drake. Well, yes. Your interpretation of what Ricky was doing. All right, that's another first for this podcast. We've never gotten into substantive law before. It's like it's like having an interview for the at the, the government in a way, right? Is that what <laughs> Yeah. You're really prepping me for my job search and I appreciate that. Yes, yes. <laughs> so um but moving on. So you are an uh, associate dean at Osgood and as and you're in basically looking after the student's welfare. Is that really what it boils down to? Yeah, this role is um, described as being the student facing role. So, um, I, you know, I'm there to absorb students' concerns and to the extent that I can hopefully resolve them. Do students only come to you? Is, is it, uh, I don't want to get too dark here, but is it students, do students come to you with, only problems or do you, do you is it like the news or do you get students who come up and th say good things about how great Osgood is or how how much fun they're having in law school and they just want to share that with you <laughs> I that... mean I guess that's the nature of the role right and especially yeah. not being in person I'm sure if, if we were in person I was walking around people would would stop me and tell me um you know how fulfilling you know their lives are at Osgood um, but of course it's, it takes a lot of time out of your day to write, you know, write that down in an email. So, um, um <laughs> right. because, you know, it, it is just the nature of the role that, you know, people come to you and they need something resolved. So we have is, a lot of grievances to air. <laughs> I, no, I wouldn't say that. I would just say, I would say people, the students have a very reasonable number of grievances given, you know, that we're in a pandemic and things are completely different and um well you yeah you yeah, took over like the role all of the complaints are or grievances or not even complaints they're just concerns or often they're just questions right people just need information and um the information is uh not always readily available so that's been a huge part of what i've been trying to do is um just make information more accessible for students as well so um yeah, it is a lot of responding to questions, concerns, and so right. on. Right. Well, then I was going to say you got you you you're on this podcast because because Felicity and I are going to just say nice things about you and about <laughs> law school, so that you <laughs> you realize that it's not all it's not all that that way. Felicity, you want to? Yeah. Yeah, I do have to say, um, midsummer when we got the email that. Karen Drake is going to be our new associate dean students. There was at least 
from my world of law school, a collective sigh of relief, like, oh, thank God. Um, so maybe that's some good news. I don't know. <laughs> that's super kind of you. I guess I should say that um, all of my interactions with students have been you know, supportive in that way. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, the, all of the, the concerns I get, they're, they're perfectly reasonable concerns and, um, and, and things I'm very happy to, to be able to address when I can. Yeah, and I and, think, oh, sorry, go ahead, Felicity. Can I, is this appointment something that's going to go on for multiple years, or are you really stuck only in the COVID times? Oh, uh, <laughs> am I just here for COVID? It's a three-year <laughs> appointment, so okay. the appointments are always for three years. Um, I guess, I, I, sorry, I should say that they are for two years and renewable for a third year. So we assume so that be, some of that will not be COVID. Accurate. Then. Sorry. Yeah. So hopefully some of that will not be during COVID then. <laughs> exactly, you were, for all of our you, sakes. You were thrown into just a, 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 a bonfire, right? It's, it's, it's quite, yes. a, quite a challenge, I imagine. Yeah, and when the position was offered to me and when I accepted it, it was long before the pandemic became a pandemic. So I, I accepted it without having any idea that I would be both learning the job and also learning how to help students navigate a pandemic at the same time. So then are there any things that you, when you first accepted it and first had this idea of becoming the Associate Dean students that you were hoping to do or change or kind of move forward that you're now not able to do? I don't know if I can ask that. That might be like top secret information. <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> I guess my, yeah, my vision when I accepted it was to do what I call in my head or envision my head a, a listening tour. So um, I was able to do one part of that, which was the survey for upper year students to get their feedback on, you know, how the role can be improved and what supports that this office can offer you. But I wanted it to be more than just the survey from up your students. I wanted to also canvas faculty on what they think the associate dean students should be doing or could be doing better. Um, I wanted to do, I guess, maybe more direct interviews with students about what I could do better. Um, but really, just 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 dealing with the pandemic took over. But I'm glad I was able to at least get out the survey to upper your students because that did give me, uh, I think, excellent information about what students are looking for. And then I am getting information just from students themselves, you know, writing me emails or, or approaching me through my office hours and from the student reps as well. But um, like my goal when the pandemic is over is to sort of get back into my listening tour and to uh, reach out to faculty and get their feedback on what this role could do to, um, to better assist students from their perspective and maybe to better assist students in ways that then assist them as well. That all sounds really good. I was going to say that the uh, I cannot imagine our law school without your role, without your without somebody in that role. And yet, as you as I said at the beginning, you don't. It's not it's not certain that every law school has such a person. It it seems to me that even prior to COVID, that the role of having a dean who's outward looking at students is really an important thing. I think one of the things we should try to get from this podcast is other law schools thinking about 
creating the similar role, right? Um, we are very highly listened to, I'm sure, and, and very uh, well respected <laughs> among the ranks of law school administrators oh, yeah. yes. countrywide. That's no, no. Our target audience after first year and prospective students is deans of other law schools, right? <laughs> But no, I think, you know, it is, as I say, it's just, uh, it's really hard to imagine not having you there. So I, again, would you, what, what, what advice would you give to prospective students or first years that you, you know, you've already learned from the role in that as a way to help? I I would think one of the things you want to try and do is, is alleviate the need to come to you, but, you know, obviously you still have to be there, right? Yeah. Um, so in terms of advice for students and especially first years, that is something I've you know given a ton of thought on because one of my roles is to provide academic counseling and academic support to students. And so part of the feedback that I got in the survey that I, I, um, I gave to upper year students in the summer, uh, a key part of the feedback was that the academic success sessions, although they're very valuable in many respects, um, the one thing that seemed to be lacking in terms that, that came up in, from the feedback was, I, I guess, a more sort of objective approach. So my understanding is that the academic success sessions so far have been primarily offering uh, anecdotal sort of subjective perspectives on, um, you know, advice about law school. And so I, I got the sense that students are looking for perhaps more empirical evidence. And so one thing I've been doing to supplement the subjective um, anecdotal perspective that's offered in these sessions is I've been doing research to collect together uh, empirical peer-reviewed scholarship on, on these topics. And so one thing I've come across as I'm doing this that's really popular is uh, Dr. Carol Dweck's research on a growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset. And as I've been doing that research, it's, it, it's incredibly popular. It's sort of infiltrated all aspects of, of positive psychology. And, um, and I've, as I've been reading it, it's really resonating with me. So I guess my, right now, my advice for students and especially first year students is to um, get to know a little bit about a growth mindset compared to a fixed mindset and to do what you can to implement the techniques of a growth mindset. Um, so I don't know how much you want me to get into all of that now. I don't wanna you know, take over the whole podcast with, my, um, with this research, but I'll be talking more about it at our um, academic success session that's coming up on Friday, although this podcast won't have aired by then, but um, it'll be recorded, so it'll be available online. Oh, that's fascinating. So you're becoming a, you're having to learn psychology as much as anything, or therapy as well, I suppose. Is that part of what you do in that role? Uh, yeah. So I, academic counseling. So um, I remember when I was considering this position and I met with um, the previous associate dean for students, Professor Lisa Dufrimal, and one of the first things I asked her is like, what do you say to students when they come to you for academic counseling? I just have no idea. Like, what do you say? And um, so she gave me some like specific examples of questions that have come up and how she answered them. But it, it just occurred to me that I should probably, you know, do some, some broader research. And um, so in doing that, I found that, you know, this, this research on a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset and how it can help with academic achievement is sort of the most popular 
scholarship happening right now and um and seems very effective so yeah i've, I've had to become sort of a little well i would actually i'm not going to say expert i've had to do some research on, on on psychology right like any good lawyer you have to learn a something quickly exactly become a mini expert yes so without the students kind of coming in and, and dropping in on you in the day to the regular course as they normally would i'm wondering what what kind of that counseling looks like from afar or from oh, yeah. like how, how how would a student kind of seek that academic counseling in this weird remote world do you, yeah i was yeah. Do you have virtual virtual zoom hours or for yeah exactly and that was actually one of the pieces of feedback that i got from my survey so uh, a few different students recommended have online office hours and i, I thought yeah well of course i should do that so um so I've been doing that for the past, uh, I think, three three or four weeks now. So I've, I've got my online office hours. They're every Friday afternoon. The time changes depending on meetings and schedules. But um, I've got my uh, web page with updates. And so my online office hours is one of those pages. So you can click on that. And um, each Monday, it's updated for the office hours for that week. And the Zoom link is provided, so you, you can just drop in. There's no need for an appointment. And I use the waiting room feature so that if I'm having a private conversation, no one else will just drop in inadvertently. They have to be admitted. Right. Uh, so right. that's the way to prevent someone from just walking in on, on, on our conversation. It's all very, it's just a, a weird world, isn't it, right now? How, how, <laughs> um, do, you miss, do you miss teaching? Or are you still teaching? I, I didn't. Even, I don't even know what. Yeah, so there is a teaching release associated with this position, and so I'm not teaching this semester. I'm only teaching one course in the winter semester, and um, I absolutely do miss teaching. I I really enjoy teaching. Um, it's uh, it's something that I get really worked up about teaching, and so like I get like I get anxious about it. You know, like I, I'm really committed to it and so on right. the one hand it's something that does make me anxious but i also just love it at the same time so I, yeah i miss i'm not doing it and i especially miss i'm not doing property that's it's one of my favorite <laughs> courses to teach but i'm not teaching it this year yeah there's something about first year teaching that's just really special exactly but I know after that <laughs> after that we just get jaded and sad yeah. and you know, like yeah. academic counseling <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah, one would think that it might be the first years that need it but no it's actually upper years need, need it more but, but you're uh, both absolutely right like there's something so great about first year students and just introducing all of the conventions of law for the first time and just having people experience that for the first time i love it yeah it's interesting you say that so i feel the same way that i i love it but i still I'm at, I'm always anxious before walking into a classroom and maybe that's a good thing but I I don't like the feeling but I actually like the feeling once I'm up there after the first sentence comes out basically and it's all fine but <laughs> you know I, maybe that's cuz we take it seriously I I don't know Exactly that's my experience as well I find like the first the, the hour right before I teach is when I I have like so much anxiety about it but yeah once once I stand up and once the first words come out of my mouth then it's then it's fine but um I, I mean I find I even find it hard to attend a meeting in the hour before I have to teach 
which I think most people don't actually experience. And so it's not, it's not a valid excuse to say I can't make it to that meeting because I'm teaching after it, right? That's not legit. So. Oh, I, I, I try that. I think it is. Well, you need to, you have to get in the zone or something. Right? Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're really pulling back this curtain on law school that I didn't even know existed. This is wild. <laughs> I think that struck the thing one one of the things that struck me when I first uh, went to law school as a student was how uh, up until then in my undergraduate career professors were always you know just distant they were they were superior beings but in my law school and I so I try to do this at Osgood is that I just found the professors many of them were very down to earth and they treated you like you're now in a professional school I'm a professional and you are too and so it was a very different un- relationship I had in law school with my professors. And I don't know if, again, I don't, not every prof is like that, but that's one thing I try to do in law school is to just, you know, obviously there's still a, there's still a hierarchical relationship, but I try to make sure that students realize that I'm treating them as, you know, not really as students, as professional professionals or budding professionals. And I think there's definitely some formats in which that's easier, uh, like a seminar, for example, compared to if you're, if I know that you're going to be grading me on a curve with all of my other classmates, there's something that's just always going to be a bit of an imbalance there. Yeah, we should have a podcast about grading. I don't need because it's, it's not the, uh, it's not ideal, but yeah. It's supposed to be I, a lighthearted look at life in law school. I know, Richard. I know. This, this, <laughs> it's going to get serious. This, this takes us way down the wrong path. So, um, and we are close to time, by the way. So, uh, Felicity, you want to you want the final question for Karen? Yeah, I think um, we've had some some bummers in this one, not, not on purpose, but I'd like to finish on uh, if this is a whole new role in a whole new world for you, and has it kind of made you realize or see anything about law school that you? like that you hadn't previously seen? Oh, wow, that's a great question. Um, what do I like about law school that I hadn't previously seen? I guess it's not that I, I didn't um, understand this before, but being in this role really emphasizes for me how much of law school functions in accordance with collegial governance, as opposed to in a hierarchical top-down way. And what I mean by that is, although I have the title of Associate Dean for Students, I have almost no ability to direct anyone to do anything. So, you know, (laughs) students come to me with concerns and questions and and things to be resolved. Um, It's really about navigating collegial governance and um, I guess finding creative solutions Mm -hmm. and but the thing is, that I, I, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm describing this because I do like it. I mean, collegial governance, I think, is fantastic. It's, it's amazing, right? And it, it corresponds so closely to, I guess, a lot of what I understand about Anishinaabe governance and Anishinaabe constitutionalism and perhaps other forms of Indigenous governance as well, that um, so much of it operates through persuasive compliance as opposed to any coercive authority. So, yeah, that, that's been sort of an interesting revelation. I think that uh, speaks a little bit to finding the right person for the job, because there's definitely some people who would have found that little feature and been like, oh, this is something I don't like about law school. 
yeah, that's true. That's very good. You have all the position. You have all. You have all of the position, but none of the power is how I (laughs) characterize that. But no, that's a good. That is a good way to end this. So that uh, because it's it brings us back to something that's positive, and as I say, I think your job is often somewhat uh, distant from that. So, Karen, it was lovely to have you on here, and. well, I'm glad it's your favorite law school podcast as well. I, 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 uh, <laughs> you're gonna, I'm gonna now watch Trailer Park Boys because I have never seen that show. I have, to, I hate to say it. So you, oh, you, you should watch it. Like it'll I, probably help a lot with criminal law as well. I, 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 I realize that, I, and I can use it on the exams too. <laughs> I was gonna say we're gonna have to apologize to all your crim students for their exam that they've got coming their way. <laughs> Based on Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> Well, so thanks so much for uh, taking out the time. And it's always nice to see you, even if on Zoom. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm a huge fan and uh, so glad that I got the invitation to be here. Although I think I sort of invite myself a little bit, but (laughs) (laughs) because I do love this podcast so much. It was great. (laughs) I got this email out of the blue from you saying, wow, I just heard your your podcast. I didn't know about it. And so that was great. 